afternoon and welcome to Ask the Expert, presented by the National Resource Center on ADHD. My name is Robin Maggio, and I'd like to welcome you to our webcast, All in a Row, Getting Your Kids with ADHD Organized, with today's guest expert, Holly Hitchcock-Graff. Today's webcast is part of our Ask the Expert series, which gives our community access to lead ADHD clinicians, researchers, and other professionals in the many fields of ADHD. The National Resource Center is a partnership between CHAD and the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention that serves as the national clearinghouse for the latest evidence-based information on ADHD. If you'd like to talk with a health information specialist about today's topic or for further information on ADHD, please contact us Monday through Friday from 1 to 5 p.m. Eastern Time at 800-233-4050. It is a pleasure to introduce today's guest expert, Holly Hitchcock-Graff. Ms. Graff is a certified professional organizer, productivity consultant and coach, and chronic disorganization specialist. She provides organization skills for homes and businesses and is the author of the book, Get Organized Today and Stay Organized Tomorrow, 10 Simple Steps to an Organized Life. Ms. Graff is well-connected to the ADHD community. She has served as both the former chapter coordinator for the Northern California and Sacramento chapters of CHAD. She also served on the CHAD Board of Directors and Membership Committee. Personally and professionally, organizing has always been a passion of Ms. Graff. She truly enjoys teaching others about organizing and finding the customized approach that will work for them in their life. Once again, we are pleased to welcome this afternoon's guest expert. Ms. Graff, if you'd like to begin. Thank you, Robin. I'd like to welcome everybody here today. My daughter once said to me, creating world peace, would be easier than cleaning my room. And I know that's so true, and I, I see that in so many different ways for so many people. So I would say my, da- my daughter was diagnosed with ADHD many years ago, and she's organizationally challenged. So she needed many things. And when I looked at organizing that works for my husband or myself, it didn't work for her. And I find everybody might need something different. So one of the number one things is keep organizing simple especially for children, and I mean from ages 2 up to 22 or whatever whatever ages, organizing needs to be easy and simple. And um, if you give too many directions, I, I once was working with a client and the mom says, okay, go do this, go do this, go pick up your laundry and then bring it down and come back to the kitchen sink. The only thing she remembered was coming back to the kitchen sink. So they really need to be one or two directions. Uh, pick up the books and put them in this bin. Pick up even clothes. I don't even say general clothes because there's so many different clothes. And maybe look around. What is it? Just pick up all the jeans. Just pick up jeans. If they're clean, fold them in half. Put them in a pile. If they're dirty, they go in a, in a hamster or a basket or something. So it really needs to be simple and easy. Keep it to a small area or part of a room. Not just the whole room. The whole room would be like a maze. It's just too much. Short increments of time. Say, you know, depending what age it is, you know, uh, five minutes, 10 minutes, 15 minutes, going up to, you know, depending how much is going on. And because the, the more you keep it to a smaller amount, they're more to come back to it. And you're more to come back to it with them, too. So that if they see an accomplishment in one little area, they'll come back to another area. Use a timer or post-it notes if needed, and I'm going to expand on that too. When um, even even smaller children and older children can use, I I, I like fun variety, different things like that. And little post-it notes, like to say the three by three inch size and in multiple colors works great. Just when there's just too much, you just really need to break things down to just small steps too, and it even goes for organizing help or whatever too. The more you can break things down and and help them with that, it really works good. Next thing we're going to look at organizing with a child's perspective. So look at a child's room if 
if you're helping them and you notice maybe things are piling up on the side of the bed or something, or, you know, maybe they read books in bed. Maybe you put a basket there, then they go right into the basket. Pretty easy. I remember one time working with a client, and the child did not want to sleep in the bed and was always sleeping on the floor, and she couldn't figure it out. So, and he was about, I believe, about five or six years old. So I said, come on, sit down on the bed and tell me what you see or lay on the bed. And he said, and he looked up and he was looking, there was a painting up there of some, I can't remember exactly what it was, but it scared him. It was really scary. And by sleeping on the floor and looking a different way, he didn't see it. So, you know, until you get that perspective, even tall dressers, and if you if you look at a dresser, it's not clear. You don't see what's in there. And then you pull it out. Sometimes drawers aren't really easy to come in and out. And then things are in there, and they're folded and, and packed up. So he can't see what's underneath at the bottom. So a lot of times I find uh, dresser drawers are pretty hard, especially with children with ADHD. So I find if you can have an open um, shelving unit or even in the closet, you don't have to redo your whole closet. But they have, uh, I see these poly plastic type ones at the hardware stores, and you can put them together without tools. They fit right in a closet, and they have about four shelves. Now you see things, they can see things too right there. Or even you can put them right into the room if you wanted to. Um, I think it's nice with clear bins for, like, underwear. You just put underpants go in one, socks go in another. Um, even shorts could go in one. And and it keeps it pretty neat and organized, and they can see it, and then they're buying into it too. And and at, that's the one one thing too. You always want a child's buy-in. Ha, let them help make decisions, and what they can see, and and what's going on. Baskets and bins, I think those are nice. Um, I always tell people, don't go out and buy buy a whole bunch. See what you already have in your house. Maybe they're not working somewhere else, but you can pull them into to their bedroom or to the um your living room so that, you know, when at the end of the night when you're cleaning up, all the books can go in a basket or a bin, something like that, or different areas for for toys, too. Family organizing, I think that's really important when the whole family has a buy-in. One of the things I know I worked on with with two small boys is that uh, the mom wanted to have some kind of... uh, you know what what's what what do they have to do in the morning to get ready for school? What do they do after school and before bedtime? So she wanted to get some of those routines down so that they didn't have to always come ask and do it. So uh we started with two big poster size pieces of paper and I had a lot of sticky notes and we had some colored paper and scissors and markers and we kind of went over, and she had told me some of the things she wanted, but I said, you know, we can't have too many rules and regulations, so you maybe have four, four or five at each, the morning, after school, and in the evening. So in the morning, we looked at, uh, I think one of the things was making their bed, uh, getting dressed, having breakfast, brushing teeth, you know, so some things like that. So they, and they were old enough to write, so they wrote them down, and they put stickers, and I remember one had a two, he, he he drew a toothbrush and some teeth and a big smile. And then we did after school what you have to do. And they looked at some things, um, homework. And we looked at, like, maybe just playing for a little bit, too, or running around, getting a little bit of exercise and having a snack first, too, because uh, that always helps. So we wrote some of those things down, and they, they drew pictures and cut out things and made them nice and bright. And then for the evening, the same thing, too, if it was either – taking a bath, um, brushing your teeth, getting your pajamas on, reading a book with mom, dad, whatever it is, you know. But keep them, like I, I think, you know, you got to keep them to four or five at the most. There's too many going on. Well, I came back in about a week, and they they were hanging up, and they were doing it. And the mom says, oh, my gosh, they're doing them. They're, they just love it because they wrote them down. They remembered that they wrote them and they what they had to do, and they could just look at that list. So they'd run back, and then... I think I came back and about two weeks later and the posters weren't up anymore. And she goes, well, it's just not working. And I go, well, what's going on? She, well, she had retyped them all and put them on her computer and typed them all up. So they looked nice or looked nice to her. And, but they weren't getting, then they were hung up and they were a little, maybe 
you know, eight, eight and a half by 11 size sheets, but they weren't what the children had done and their fun stuff and their colors. And I said, well, maybe, you know, why did you redo these? She goes, well, just look neater. Well, that's okay for her, but for them, they liked the things they did. So we went back to that. We hung them up. And then I said, well, if you have a get together or you don't want people to see those, didn't just put them, take them down, put them in a closet, but then put them back up. And that was, it was still working. And it was actually even still working after a year, you know. And then I think they wanted to update it to kids too, because they were getting a little older and they had some other things to do there. So the more you can get them to buy in really works fabulous too. Um, have the same rules, mom and dad are on the same page, you know, that just, um, you know, at, at evening you have a, uh, they have to do a cleanup and then we sit down and have a book together or a snack or whatever it is. Just be kind of on the same page so that one doesn't go to one, one doesn't go to the other. Uh, when you do a family organizing, I like to do um, stay in one room so that maybe you're all working together and it's fun. And then plus it's teaching family responsibility at a very young age. And um, it can start from, you know, just, a, you know, a toddler that wants to kind of help and pick up something and whatever. Too. So use variety, fun, and color. And that works great. Like I said, the post-it notes. Use... Um, I like the little three-by-three three size and bright pink, blues, yellows, greens, oranges, you know, and you can get a multiple pack. And I think that works great. I, I know when my daughter was real young, she had some bins, crayons, or different things that we kept. We kept them out on a shelf, like in the kitchen, so that she could have art time or whatever she wanted to do. But I gave her the things, and, and I think at the time I used uh, little index cards, too, but draw what's on the outside, you know, and she drew like crayons or different colors or wrote crayons, another one pencils or, and so they can even mark bins and with those two, and then you can put some tape on there and they can do that. But then it kind of helps because anything that's more visual, it has color, visual, clear, so you see what's in it. All those things really help. Getting, giving everyone one thing to pick up and put away. This works really good. And I'm going to show you if the, if you have young children, this works. If you have teenagers, it also works too. So I like to do in the evening and I work this with clients. They want to say, how can everybody help? And I worked at a, uh, with a family with three children and we were in the, the living room or the family room. And, and I tell them it takes literally five minutes, a five minute organize. And, you know, um, when, teenagers do it later on they're like oh no it won't take five minutes but it does and it's really quick and it's easy and it's variety because there's different things so say the end of the evening and it's getting ready for bed but you're going to still have i don't know if you have a snack already or you're going to do a bed so that's your little reward that you're going to do we're going to talk about that after but everyone picks up something so i i was you know like we did this family organizing i was working with the children they had three children so one was a little older and I think I, he looked at, he had a lot of little trucks all over it, like the, the little matchbox cars. So I, and that's one thing, you know, when you say just pick up toys, I mean, toys is like the black hole out there. There's too many different type of toys, say a specific toy. And we talked about matchbox cars and I said, okay, pick up all the matchbox cars. That's one direction and put them in clear bin. And we had a clear bin ready for him. Well, now he's going around and he's picking out that needle in a haystack going around. Another one, we had another little boy, and he picked up all the, the books. So he was doing all the books, and then we had a big basket. He was putting them in the basket. The mom was picking up the blankets, and she was folding them, putting them on the back of the um, couch or whatever. Dad picked up all the newspapers, and if they were old, I would say, it's you know, by the end of the day, that's old news, especially now with the Internet and everything. It goes. If you even haven't read it, you can go online to that that news station or uh, whatever the newspaper company is, and you can read it. So then it goes out. Because otherwise it keeps collecting, collecting, collecting too. Then there was a little toddler that she was really young, and she goes, what can I do? And she wanted to know. So I gave her the dolls. And I go, can you pick up all your dolls? And she goes, yes. And she picked them all up, and she put them in one little spot. So, I mean, that literally takes five minutes, you know, and you kind of look at what you have there so that everybody gets something, and then if you need to do a second thing, you can do it, but keep it really to five minutes. And then you do it in the next night, and they do different things, so it's variety. 
So how you can put this to use for teenagers that I love to do because they in their bedroom, and I know with my daughter, she used to sit on the middle of the floor and after an hour, nothing was done and she's reading a book. And uh, so what we did, we started with some Post-its too. And uh, we looked and, and I said, what things do you have on the floor? She says, well, clothes. I go, what specific clothes? T-shirts, sweatshirts, jeans. You know, it's more specific. I go, okay, write them on, on a post-it. So she's starting them. Each thing, each item goes on one specific post-it. So then, and then books, maybe magazines, purses, makeup, I don't know, dirty clothes, you know, whatever they are. And then what I had her do was put them up on the back of her door. And then on the front of the door, just take one and you put, but every night you do three. So every, so say one night, then I go, okay, three things you're going to pick up and put away. And then she picked one and maybe it was sweatshirts. So all the sweatshirts got picked up, folded, put away, the dirty, they went into the wash. And it doesn't mean they're all dirty either because they can try one on and it's not dirty. So they had to be, some had to be just folded up. And you do a, she does a, do a quick fold. It doesn't have to be the perfect like this, like a, a store, just in half and then in half again, or just in half put on a shelf. So then, and then you as the parent, you know, if you're doing the three things for the teenager, you can pick out one too. So say you want, maybe there's dishes in there or food stuff. So all that, that's one thing, food, food things. So they pick them all up, bring them into the kitchen, and then they pick up one more. So that's three things, and then every night it's something different, and it keeps going every night. I mean, it's five minutes. Maybe Sundays you don't do it or Saturdays. I don't know, whatever. But it's pretty much variety, and it's not, you know, they just think, what, what else is to, is to this? Because it's too easy. But five minutes, can, a lot can get done when they're specifically dedicated to looking for one item and putting that one thing away. And it's the same thing with toys. You know, you have to be specific. So if it's matchbox cars, if it's blocks, if it's um, whatever they are, you know, books, pens and pencils, coloring books, you know, one thing, one thing at a time. And that works pretty good. Make it rewarding. You know, what's the fun if there is no reward for everyone? And, and I'm not talking huge monetary awards or big things, but for smaller children at the end of organizing, you read the book together. So they know once they get that little organizing thing done, it's fun time. You know, it's, you know, we get together, we read a book, we have a snack. Um, you can do stickers. Um, they can do a little sticker chart, which they make. And then you put down like, and then, okay, you get a sticker for that. And then, and then when they earn so many, maybe there's something else, you know, that you can decide to. So it doesn't have to be expensive. It's doing things together. You know, you get to pick on Saturday, what we do in the morning is a family time or whatever we're going to do together. Or if it's, if you go out to dinner um, once a week or something, they get to pick. So you take turns that they get to pick. So something like that. For older children, uh, there's allowances and working toward allowances, working towards a book, dinner, CD, DVD, pizza or something like a movie or a family movie you get to all go together too. So something that works for, you know, everybody that you can look at. And like I said, don't don't make it expensive so they always expect money or anything else like that. You know, stickers can be earned towards something. And, and that, like, you know, you don't ever want, you know, even if they do part of it, they should get part of a sticker. It's like not all or nothing. So something they can work towards it. And then I was just going to show that. So this was uh, when I was working with my daughter years ago. And we did the stickers, and she was doing it. And honestly, I have to say, within 40 minutes, her whole bedroom was cleaned up and picked up, and she had put things away. And I was outside working out in the yard. And when I came back, this was on my computer. And here she put the stickers and says, next time make Dad be the subject of one of your experiments. So I guess she always thought that she was <laughs> I did my experiments on her. But and I had to test them out. See if they work. And actually, she's 27 now and pretty organized, keeps herself going. Never thought she would be where she's at, with, you know, and, and she had a lot of challenges growing up, too. So just remember, there always is light at the end of the tunnel, and there's a lot of things that can help in between, too. And I'm going to turn it back over to Robin. Thank you, Ms. Graff. Those were some great tips to help families with organizing. As a reminder, 
after Ms. Graff will be answering questions, you can use the question box to submit your question and we hope to be able to answer as many as possible. We have a couple of questions that have come in about how can parents help their children organize uh, with regards to homework. Um, we have situations where they're forgetting their homework assignment, um, they may have even tried a few things, um, some folders, planners, some of those common recommended organization tools, and they're looking for additional tips to really specifically help with homework. That's a great question, because I know that was really um, a challenging area for for us too, growing up too. And I think, you know, the one thing, depending what age it is, there's teachers that want them to use specific folders or notebooks or whatever too. And, you know, one thing I know, even with left-handed children trying to write over, you know, a left-handed notebook with, a, you know, the binders in the middle is pretty tough. So I think um, the one thing is papers. There's so many papers coming back and forth from school, back and forth. And like I said, clear. Clear works great. And there's, there's like clear folders that you can get, Walmart or Target, and then they're translucent too. So they have clear, they have a red clear, a gray clear, blue clear, yellow, so different things like that. And I like to use a couple of those. And have your children pick out some of those too. But say, it's too many when it gets to school, but say you have one where all papers go into it. So all the papers just go into one and you keep one in their their backpack. And that, you know, whether it's the homework, because you start, they never have time to get the homework right into, if it's math, get it into the math department or, you know, I responded in all different areas. So if it all can go in one one folder and just that's everything you get, just put in that folder, whether it's something that has to be signed and go back to the school or whatever. So first of all, getting those papers and then, then when you get them home and homework, I think homework is good. If you can make a schedule like a Monday through Friday type of schedule that you can even you can even print it up on your computer or you can just draw it by hand in Monday and and I used to help kind of do this is Monday, what did we get for homework? You know, like say and then of course you have multiple classes generally, so you have to put down, you know, put your subjects too. So you might have just Monday on one page, Tuesday on another page. So, But just make them easy, pretty generic. So you could just fill it in, and they can help fill it out too. But what homework did they get? And say math, just check it off. Math, they got homework, they got spelling, whatever they are, so that you know, you know, and then they know too. And then what's going to go back tomorrow, so that you know that it's back in there and you check it off, that it went back in the backpack after they finished. So if you can make up some kind of schedule, like that, that works pretty good. Um, and just for your use, you know, I mean, we got even, if they have planners, sometimes schools hand out planners, so you could use the planner. And if you do have, like, um, an IEP or help from the school that they can do some accommodations, getting what's up on the board on down, you know, and written written down, I know that my daughter would get half of it. I'm like, oh, well, what pages, you know? So if you have a homework hotline, they can call in to get the rest. Or what we did, the teacher had to initial it. So she waited maybe till the middle of the, whatever the assignment was, that she had written it down. She went around and she would just, and, and it was so that no one else had to know in the class what was going on, but she would just go, she would just write her initials on it. Or she'd tap tap her planner to get it finished and writing, writing it down. And then she would initial it. Then we had it, you know. Or, you know, just find out where else you can get that source. Is there a good buddy in the class? We would make sure we had a buddy in each class so we could get that homework. And we could call them or she could call them and we could get it or she could check with them later. Um, look at them. There's a lot of different different things out there, especially like the notebooks. I I found that, you know, three-ring binders, they, it seems like paper went in there and they would always be hanging out. I, and I would ask my daughter, well, what's going on here? You know, those papers coming out. And she says, well, it just rips. Well, if you look at the paper now, it's so thin. So what I did was spend a little bit more in at the, like, Staples or Home Depot or Office Depot, I mean. They've got paper when it's got reinforced tabs, I mean, reinforced on the side of it where the rings are. And that was a good thing so that when she put it in there, it didn't rip and just come right out. And it's just a speck thicker. 
So, I mean, maybe it's a dollar more for a, a package of it, but it it really works and that kind of stays in. So things that have to stay in the binder really works good too. Thank you. That was some really great information on, on organizing homework. Um, we're going to stay on the school topic for at least one more question. And what we have some audience members asking now is, what about keeping their child organized at school when you're not there to help them? So um, some specific things that they've been asking about are, are their locker or potentially their backpack. Could you elaborate a little bit more on some strategies for that? Yes, and the black backpack is like the black hole too of <laughs> of everything goes in there. So I think you know, um, once a week at home, have them empty it and clean it out, and you know, because you find something was due squished down to the bottom or a half-eaten apple or whatever too. So they can get that part done at home with your help, and then I think to the um, the lockers, you know, that's, you know, stuff just goes in there and then we'll get to it later. But, you know, you ask them just, um, just bring a handful of stuff. Just take a handful of things and put it in your backpack and bring it home so we can organize it or whatever too. But even still at school, and habits take generally 21 days to form a new habit. So that can, that can take over whatever else has been going on. So even maybe, you know, they, I know like lockers now and I see them, they must sell. But they've got little magnetic um, little baskets in there. They've got little things you can put in there for uh, instead of, say, the folder. But it's they're clear. They're magnetic. They can put them in there. It's almost like you can put some papers in there, whatever, too. I think what helps, too, is is kids want to keep everything in their backpack and everything in their locker, especially papers. And what I like to do is when you at, at home, whatever classes they have, Set up, you can either set up a three-ring binder or four little folders. These always stay at home. But after a test is taken or you don't need, they don't need that, but you've got to keep it because maybe they need to review it for the final or whatever. But keep those. So if you have whatever your subjects are, math, English, history, you know, so label, do the same type of thing. Label it maybe in a three-ring binder or four different binders with math, science, whatever they are, as soon as those papers are finished and they don't need them, and, you know, so we would do that once a week, say on the weekend, we would just take, and and it doesn't have to take long, five minutes. Is there a room you recommend that should be tackled first or a specific thing? And in particular, what if you have a a child who has a number of, of items and you're really trying to purge all the items and organize at the same time? That's a good one. And I think that is important for everybody, either if you're a child, a teenager, and a, it's like, where do you start? And I always just say, just start. It doesn't matter where it is and, you know, whatever. It's just take that first step to get organized. And, you know, what I always say, like I call it like either a two-minute plan or a five-minute plan, have a little plan in the beginning. You know, sit down, and, and if they will sit down and talk to you about it or something, I always found it. You know, if you went out and got a little snack or you went to McDonald's, it seems like you have their attention right there. They can, everyone puts the phones down and you've got their attention. How about we start doing a little organizing, you know, and and you don't want to make it all day because that's too much, but say 15 minutes. And if it's their room or if they have an area in the living room, but I think their bedroom is probably number one. Um and just say, oh, we're going to start organizing. And then before you go, like, what do you need? So I like to have black trash bags, white kitchen bags, and I like to have a box. So what I do with those is the black is for trash. So generally they know trash that goes in there. White is for donates. And the one thing that I know is that a lot of times children will want to get rid of stuff, but their parents don't. So say someone gave it to them, grandma or something special. I had had one client that her daughter, I don't know, there were specific magazines in the, in the client says, well, she'll never get rid of those magazines. I know she won't. She loves those magazines. Well, the first thing I said, do you need all these magazines? Maybe we could just keep six or whatever. Or she was, oh yeah, I don't need them. She started picking them all up and she put them in the trash. Well, the mother was like, she started pulling them back out. And I really had to take her aside later and said, you know, she made that decision. Don't undermine her decision now. She's getting rid of those. 
do you want to keep them for later? She goes, well, no, no. But I thought, you know, I said, no, she sounds like she's ready to let them go. You know, and I don't, I don't ever tell anyone, you have to get rid of this. But um, how many do you need? Do we have room to keep all those? So kind of look at what's the space you have going on. Um, have you outgrown that? Can we look for a better home? I was like that, look for a better home. There's so many don- donation places of pe- people that need things, from churches to different donation organizations. You know, find find your best one that they want to do. Even toys, even if they're somewhat broke. I have, I have even a little little um, boy that had a bunch of trucks, and I said, is there any of these that you could give to someone else who doesn't have it? Yes, and he went through them, and he had one that maybe had one broken wheel, but that's okay. Some of them can be fixed like that, so all those could be donated. So kind of ask them, too, but then if they don't, you know, and then even clothes. I've, I don't think children are so much attached to clothes as we are, but have they outgrown it? Do you have some have someone else that can go to? Do you have another child that can go to so that those get out of there so you don't have quite as many toys? But, um, you know, and, and I find if, if you're really attached to something and they see that, that they want to, they kind of go go with that same, same memories. So you kind of look at, uh, does it need to be kept? Because there's so much... So much that's kept now, and actually there was an article that I read this morning about all the things that are going to adult children, and they don't want them. They don't want the grandparents' furniture that they used 60 years ago for them. They have their own furniture. They have their own style. So so it's just asking if they want it, and is it time that it goes to to a better home somewhere else that someone else can use it. All right, thanks. Once people have started organizing, how do they continue to get rid of everything in a timely manner? Um, And on the same line, keep it organized. Well, everything that comes into your house, I I like to do this, and and I recommend this to a lot of people that I work with and even children, is that when things come into your house, if everything keeps coming in, coming in, coming in, you can kind of see that pile building up. So things have to go out. So when you get something new, something goes out. I'm not talking groceries, but I'm talking clothes or things or other things. So if you get new pillows for your couch, then some pillows need to go and they get donated. And the same with clothes. If, um, that was one thing with my daughter, too. I said, you know, before we get pick out new clothes or something, but I said, well, before you do, I need two old pairs of jeans and three tops. And she would quick, she'd quickly go get them because she knew that there was that reward is hanging, which is the new items. So before they even went in the closet or in her bedroom, she had to pick them out. Organizing isn't just a one-time event. It's ongoing all the time. Um, Another thing is if things are going to go in the closet, is getting too tight and you know, and I always tell people, don't take everything out of the closet because generally it goes on the bed and then people don't sleep in their bed for a week. But you look at the closet and you start on one side or the other side, wherever you want to start, not in the middle. Start and then start looking and maybe you look at five different items. Is there something out of those five items that don't fit, you don't wear, you don't use anymore that can go, that can come out of the closet? So now you're just picking one thing. So every day pick out a couple items. So so that's what it's always ongoing. You know, you always look at other things that can go. If you get some new books, is there some that they're not going to read anymore or that can go to the go to a library or to be donated? I would like to always keep uh, a either a bag or a donation box. I like a donation box because everyone knows and put it in some spot where everyone knows and things go in there. And once a week you go take it and then it, it goes to the donation center, whether it's Goodwill, to a church, to... There's so many places that need things right now that for people that will really help them out, too. All right, thank you. We now have some questions that have been coming in about teenagers. And so, specifically, teenagers who are procrastinating, who are you know, not wanting to organize or just putting it off, and then... Parents wanting to be involved in helping their teenagers, but wanting to know sort of at what level um, is enough involvement and at what level is too much involvement. Those are great questions, too. So I think it's great to be involved as long as you're not doing all the work. 
So, you know, make sure to get their buy-in. Um, you know, and I, I think the one thing too that, that I see a lot is that it's so overwhelming to, to teenagers that they think it's such a big job. And it, and, you know, to procrastinate is you're just putting off because if it's not perfect, you know, sometimes they're perfectionists and they're, their own, there's no one more perfect, you know, that in their mind than them. So it's not that you putting on the demands of their teacher, but they're just want it perfect if it's not done perfect, uh, to do that. So get their buy-in, look at what's going on, you know, and, and ask them, how can, how can I help you with this? What, what's, you know, first find out what it is, you know, let's, Let's look at what it is. Um, like even I like to help, you know, like my daughter just writing an essay was pretty big uh, ordeal. But if you look at all the elements that go into it, it's all those executive functions that you talk that they talk about with ADHD. It's like, what's the title going to be? What's where do I go to find the information? How do I start writing it? And the idea. So you know, it's like getting all those, and and that's where I love sticky notes again because you get them. And start out with a blank piece of paper and they can start writing all those elements. And here's the order that they go in. Like, can you write about that subject? Don't you have to put in with the teacher first so that not everybody's doing that one subject or who's picking it out? Then you get the subject. Now, where are you going to go for the information? The library? The Internet? So those are the questions you can kind of help once they get it down. Is like, what else do you have to do? Oh, I have to have a an opening, an opening paragraph. You know, so you put opening is one of the sticky notes. Um, what else has to be in there? And then at the end, you know, they have to write a bibliography or something too. So make sure that's in there. So what are all those elements? And then with the sticky notes, they can put them in order. Now they're just looking at one little part. Okay. The subject. Oh, I like this, 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 or this. Okay. Then do they have to check with the teacher to find out about that they can write about first? So have a backup just in case because someone else might have picked, you know, the one that you wanted to do. And then, then they can go and they see this broken down and it's, it's going to be just so much easier and that I would do as a parent, ask the question so that then they, they can think of the ideas, but where did you want to go to find your information? Well, I got to go to the library and I got to get this book. And then I thought in the internet, those are good ideas, write them down. So then they can write, write with their sticky note there where they're going to look at it. So, you know, being, you know, that part of it they can do too. And I think with clear folders, just helping them sort and showing them how to sort things and categorize is really good because it just doesn't come natural. I think just like art doesn't come natural to everybody, organizing doesn't come natural. To, some people can do it. Some people can't. And that's okay. But find some ways that are going to help that they like. And, you know, which ways helped you? Like I find I always ask them, what, what things kind of worked for you before? What did you like? And maybe it's something that was done, but now it needs to be tweaked a little so it helps them. Well, I did like folders, but then I have these folders and I can't even tell what's in them. So then you need those clear, translucent folders that work good. Thank you. Um, what about these tips with teenagers? Would these also work with um, children who are young adults, who are in their 20s, um, you know, either maybe living at home and, and working or maybe at college, would these same tips work or are there some additional strategies that you would suggest with this age group? I think that works good too. I think when they get a little bit older that, you know, um, just some things I think too is, you know, working in one small area 15 minutes at a time. And I always like to, to tell people too that, um, you know, because when you do small increments and you stay in one area, because I have a lot of times people will tell me, gee, I worked all over in this whole, worked in the house for two hours, but no one even noticed. I said, well, where specifically did you work? Well, I did a little in this room, a little room in this room, but not one area, one specific. So no one notices. You pick up a couple things here, here, but when you work in one specific area, so if you have like a small little area, and I even say even horizontal um countertops or desks, they seem to care, you know, a lot of paper gets on there. So if you're even doing that, you start at one end and you start the size of a piece of paper, one little area, and you stay in that area. And even if it's in a bedroom, it's one little area. And I, I would say if you hold your hands out to your side and you made an imaginary circle around you, that's your magic circle. You can't jump out. You stay in that circle for 15 minutes. This is more when you're older, not for for young children. But even some people said, you know, I mean, I've had people when I work with clients 
they end up in another room and forget I was there. I have to go look for them. So I like to get a nice big size um, post-it note, and they have some bigger sizes, and I put it wherever you have to leave that door. So if it's in their bedroom and they're going to leave a door to go out to another room, put it right there by the edge, and they see it, and it says, stop, 15 minutes, organize. Oh, I remember, I'm organizing. I'm going to go back to it. Stay in there for 15 minutes. So it kind of reminds you and keeps you on track. But stay in that 15 minutes in your little magic circle. And, you, and the same thing, I always like to have a, a box or put a pile next to it of things that go in other rooms. Because how many times if you leave an area, you go to another room, the next thing you know, I always say you're out getting the mail or washing your car. Because you forget, you know, that you're back there. So stay in that little area. Then at the end, you do a five-minute put-away. So if things go in the bathroom and the bedroom and the kitchen or wherever they go, you can take all those together and you go put them away. Then when you come back, you do another little 15, maybe not that day, it's another day, but now that area is cleared. You've put stuff away. There's, it's, you've left it much better than what it was. The next day, maybe you come back and you work right next to that area and you do the same thing. But now, little by little by little, all those areas are getting cleared, but you're seeing accomplishments even to yourself. And that's the biggest reason is to yourself. Oh my gosh, this looks really good. I can come back to that again tomorrow and I, and I can start again. But it's not like you've pulled everything out and everything's all over. You're just doing a little area. You know, find things if, if you go, if the children, adult children, even if they live somewhere else or if they live with you, is find some things, kind of look around to say, you know, I, I noticed that you have um, a pile of things right there. What's going on? Well, you know, just kind of instead of saying, oh, my gosh, look at this mess here. You want to kind of do it as a question. Say, what's going on over here? And and one thing with my daughter, I noticed that she would have a big pile of clothes. Well, those are dirty clothes. And then I got to sort them. I said, well, what if you had two laundry baskets, one for lights and whites and one for darks? Oh, that'd probably work. And she did. She ended up buying two um, two baskets. And then they're already pre-sorted. And now she can just take the one bath, whatever basket she's going to wash. So. All right, thank you. Um, so another question, it's, it was asked specifically about a teenager, but I think it might apply to larger in age range as well. So what if you have a child who's saying they like the mess? Um, any suggestions for addressing that? I like the mess. <laughs> well, I think, you know, I'll, I'll even see adults that I've worked with that, that are orders. And it's almost like they build a little nest. They like that little, you know, it's like it's like being in the womb. Like it's that little nest. It's comfy. It's cozy. Um, and maybe, I don't know, how long have, have they, has it been going on? If it's been going on a long time, ever since they were little, they're used to that. That's what they're used to now, too. So um, I think when you start organizing it, um, you got to start doing it little by little. Just, you know, you can't take it all away all in one day because that would be just too drastic. It's the same thing when I, you know, when I've worked with people that are hoarders and, and the relatives come in and they go, oh, well, um, we just want to empty the whole house and get a dumpster and get everything out of there. Well, you know what? Then they'll never let anybody in their house and, and never let anyone come in or let them do anything because if they know it's that drastic. So kind of be sensitive to their needs, maybe question um, what's going on? How does that make you feel? How, how would it make you feel if, and I don't know what, what kind of mess it is, if it's paper stuff or it's clothes or whatever it is, how would it make you feel if this room was, we had a nice little chair over here and you could read your book and your, your bed was cleared off, you could read your book or you had your stuffed animals and kind of ask them some questions. And lead into it so you can kind of find out maybe more what's going on. You know, you, you never know what's going on with children, too. Maybe they just thought something got tossed or got lost way back, and now they hold on to everything because it feels better. It's it's something that they know, all those things. Or, you know, so kind of do that. Like, I think it's just more asking questions, finding out what's going on, and then maybe little by little, how about if we, this little area, because then you could, play or you could put something up in this area you could whatever you know think of you know like it's kind of like close your eyes what does it look like now and I mean to you it's one thing it's maybe chaotic it's messy it's stressful and to them how does that make you feel right now with this well then I mean and with 
like I always tell people, then close your eyes. What did you want it to look like? Oh, I want it to be calming, relaxful. I want to do things in this area. All right. Thank you. Um, we now have a question coming in about what about families where the parent has ADHD and the child also has ADHD? And as a parent, you're trying to get yourself organized and you're also trying to get your children organized. Uh, do you have any specific tips for um, dealing with both aspects of this family? I think that that's a good question, too, because that that happens a lot and even for for people with ADHD that the the parent and the child and people even without ADHD that still are you know have have uh, organizing challenges too so i think there you might you you know that you really have to look at what's going on with you too to to see where are the where are the areas that i need to get organized into so that i can better help my child so do the visual do i need some lists um and lists can be so long that I always tell people only keep it to five items on a list because there's too many things and you'll never get them all done in one day. Making sure you use a family calendar. I think that's really good. Some calendar that you have up in a spot where everybody can see what's going on that day. And the child can write things in there too. Got a baseball game coming up or whatever, I, you know, or we need this for school on this day. That everyone can help so that everyone's on the same page with that calendar. And um and if you have a specific spot for papers and things that come in the house, I, I like, you know, I know people have multiple children. I like a little, some place that's in a uh, an area that everyone can get to it, if it's a kitchen or a family room or something, that it's a little shelf and it doesn't have to be expensive. They have just real um, inexpensive ones. But everyone has their own little shelf or little space or some bins there and that, all you know, you see all your papers are going here on this shelf, but theirs is going on this shelf. So they're kind of going to follow some of the things you're doing and mimicking some of the things you're doing, too. Or I've seen things, too, where the child will, will start organizing something and the, and the mom will, you know, they'll tell me, well, they started doing it this way and I started doing things that way. So you can learn from each other, too. And I think having, setting some little routines. And those habits, again, start, you know, take 21 days. So as soon as I come in, I put my purse and my keys in a specific spot. Well, then they put their backpack in a specific spot, whether it's a little hook or some little area that it always goes or a bench. They know. And then when they're finished with homework, it goes right back to that spot. So when they leave in the morning, in the same that you find your purse and all your items that have to go with you. So I think that's a good, you can both learn from each other and, and do things together like that too. Well, we have a question coming in about suggestions for positive reinforcements, um, specifically for an 11-year-old, but other age groups um, can use positive reinforcements as well, so we'd love to hear about some specific strategies with that. Right. Yeah, positive reinforcements is number one. You just got to, that's really good. You know, and I mean, and I talk about little things. Oh, my gosh, you brought that home and you knew where it goes and you're sitting right down getting your homework ready. Or, you know, because make it the specificness. Wow, that's fantastic. Well, what is it? What's fantastic? So you got to, I think, specifically aim it at there. And um, but I think it's being, being positive about that. Um, I think one of the things I find is that um, when things aren't running on time, so say they're late for school or whatever, well, I tell the parents, well, did you, can you help too? Like you get up 15 minutes earlier so that everyone has an extra 15 minutes at the end because a lot of times it's the parents running late or driving them or whatever that they're late. And that kind of like all day long sticks with them because they just feel like they were so hurried in the beginning. So just looking at everything that's going on, but but being being positive, um, use a sticker, re and I know a, re a reward reinforcement, and I know there's something on the um, National Resource Center there with Chad that they've got a great reward system and, and looking at things like that too. But just being positive, I think, too, just and how you address things and how you look at it instead of like, Oh my gosh, that's the worst mess I ever saw. It's just like, oh, what's going on in this little area? <laughs> you know? And it, I mean, really sometimes it gets humorous, you know, and you want a good, good sense of humor too. And they might laugh. I said, oh, I thought you might say something about that. 
but now you've done it in a way where it's still open that they'll talk about it where if if you if you sound negative at the beginning they're not going to go forward with it all right well we are coming to our last question for today so this question is about a very common and popular toy legos so how can <laughs> Parents help their children contain their Legos, and I'm sure this would apply for other small toys as well. Yes, Legos, Legos, yes, depending on how many you have. Um, and I know they like to do them in the family room, the living room, where everybody's there, so I want to see what they made. So that's one of the things in the evening, too. I said, oh, let's clean up Legos, but there's different sizes, too. I know there's a small, small ones, there's middle and there's huge ones, so... Um, I think those clear containers, and, you know, they have all sizes, so depending what size it is, and they can just be thrown in there. Um, if it's something that they built, um, if you can have, like, a little pad underneath that you can pull so it's not in the middle of the living room, but you can pull it to the side because they, they're going to continue working on it on another day. Um, but I think that works great. Those And they have all, you know, all the different size clear containers. But, yeah, they have the solid ones, you know, green or different colors. But I still like the clear because right away you can see what's in there. And if you need to label them by size, a lot of times I like to just tape one of the actual sizes of the Legos on the outside with a little clear um, mailing tape. Just put it on the outside so then they know what's in there. Um, and then that's that five-minute cleanup at night that they have to all clean up and put away. And if if it's something they're continuing that they're going to build on, the left the little pieces need to go back in the bin. But then pull over if they're doing part of a building or whatever they're building. They can go on a mat or a cardboard or something. You can pull it over to an area. I think that works nice. So it's kind of out of the way of of everybody too. But still, they can come back to it another day. You know, and if, and that's the thing is, if they don't come back to it for another week, I think after you give them so many days, like you're gonna go back to it tomorrow or two days, you know, you have to set up set up those time limits or those routines so that everybody knows. You know, if you're not playing with it the next night again and you get something else out all over, well, then the other thing has to be put away first. You know, it's one one thing at a time. All right, yes. Well, thank you, Ms. Graff, for your insights and suggestions. We've had a large audience join us today, and I think that helps to show just how interested people are in the information you've shared with us. Again, thank you to, to Ms. Graff, and thank you to all of you for joining us. 